Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Danielle DePorto, and today we're here with the amazing Nicole Miller. Nicole first came to the attention of music lovers everywhere in 2014 as the vocalist on Peking Duck's top five smash high. Since then, she has gone from strength to strength and the release earlier this year of her absolutely amazing debut album, Excuse Me. Nicole is proving that she is one of the brightest talents on the Australian music scene, nay, the world music scene. Nicole, hi. Welcome to Women in Pop. Oh my gosh, what an intro. <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. And it's your first podcast, I understand. First podcast. I listen to them all the time and I'm so excited to be on this one. We are absolutely thrilled and honoured. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. I mean, where do we start? We've got to start with the single Out Now, All of My Issues. Yeah, yeah. And can I just say, I absolutely love what you're doing with this on your social media. Tell us about the single. Tell us about the message. Tell us about uh, what it's doing out there in the world now that you've released it to the public. Cool. Um, I've had this song for, I wrote it like two years ago, and... Basically, this one, it just had to be a single because it was a topic about something that was so personal and different for me. I normally just write about boys and love. And this one, you know, is about accepting who you are as a person and owning all the issues, whether it's, you know, that voice in your head, the anxiety that is just telling you you're too fat or you're ugly, um, you're not good enough, that kind of thing. And when I made the music video, I co-directed it myself and so I came up with the idea and before we um, put it together I wanted to go on Twitter and ask my little fans what their problems were and I wanted to showcase that to the public and when we went in the studio and filmed it I uh, had written up all of their issues um, on this on just like a word doc (laughs) and then we projected it across my body Um, to try and be like very vulnerable and show everyone that, you know, everyone has these things, those little voices inside of their head and telling them that they're not good enough or, um, I don't know, that's just one thing or you could just be like, my voice is annoying or I don't know, just something like that. We all have those problems and, yeah, I don't know. It's been been like a positive... um, positive reaction which is great It's super, and you're giving a lot back. I've seen in your Instagram stories, you've invited people to tell you their issues, and you're trying to solve some of their problems. So (laughs) tell me, you've got your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the minds of Australia's youth at the moment. What are the big issues out there, and how are artists dealing with these issues? How are artists Mm. helping society to reflect on itself, to improve on itself? Yeah, well, I think... I've noticed um, from doing shows and meeting my fans afterwards that 
everyone would come up to me and say, you know, your music has helped me through this really hard time in my life and tell me these crazy things like maybe someone in their family has committed suicide or they've been in an abusive relationship. And it really hit me because they obviously don't have anyone to talk to about this. So they come to me and talk to about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just making music. I didn't realize I'd be like this little therapist. And I, yeah, with this song, I was like, this is like the perfect opportunity to go on my social media and ask people what their problems are, even if it's just something funny and silly, like, I don't know what food to get at the cafe or I don't know, just stupid daily problems and just showcase them and show people that it's okay to like be not okay and deal with those problems. And yeah, I just like went on my Insta story and asked people and I've just been answering them like I'm a a therapist or something like that. And tell me how this reflects the rest of the album, how it reflects your sound. For you, is it driven by the messages, by the lyrics? Is it driven by the the sonic, the sound? Yeah, um, with my album, I guess I, I sat down for quite a while and wanted to pick topics that I hadn't talked about before or um, just really wanted to be more personal with it. Um, I think in the past I've just gone into a studio and just kind of winged it and I mean I love those songs but I was just having fun and I didn't really think what do I actually want to get across to my audience. Um, I think it's so important to for young girls to have like a role model in their lives because maybe they don't have that figure in their their family as well. So um, with this, um, I always went into the studio with a topic I wanted to talk about. I mean, whether it is love or issues or stressing about money or something like that, I started with that, the topic, and then the sounds kind of just came from there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and tell me what are some of your favorite songs from your album, from your career? What's some of your favorite work and why? And sub question to that. Yeah. I has there been a song that was your favorite to write, but there's a different song that's your favorite to perform? Is there a difference mm. at the different stages of the process? Yeah, definitely. Um I think one of my favorite songs to perform live is Tremble, just because I think that was one of my most successful songs and the audience mainly knows that one and I play it last and it's like this big woo and everyone kind of gets really excited, which is awesome. Um, that was also really fun to write, though. We wrote that song in just one day. Um, but then there's songs like Sign Me Up, which features this guy called Heno. Um, I performed it for the first time in Melbourne on my tour um, and the first time I had ever met Heno as well. And, yeah, we performed it and it just, like, had this great energy. I think it was one of my, like, sweeter R&B kind of songs. So something a bit different for me, a bit more, yeah, R&B. And I really enjoyed singing that one because I think it suited my voice more than the um, large, like, dancier songs. And let's listen to that song now, shall we? You say okay, flaming in the moon. So let you sum 
So you've been interested in music your whole life. Tell me, what are you interested in nowadays? What were you interested in as a kid? What has that journey been like? How have you progressed with your relationship with music? I mean, I guess music just grows with you when you grow. Um, I was such a shy child my whole entire life. My mum literally didn't think that I would even speak to anyone. When I used to order a coffee, I used to just look at the ground or on my phone and not in, I could never look anyone in the eyes. And so I went to this performing arts school um, and that really broke me out of my shell and I found a love for music. And I guess like when I got into music, it's such a weird journey for me because I was just doing everything. I was a yes girl. I was just doing everything. And so some of the music is quite terrible. And then luckily, I don't know how it happened, but I got in the studio with Peking Duck after they heard a song that I did with Cosmos Midnight. And we wrote high. And at the time, I was like, oh, I don't like pop music. Like, I'm so <laughs> indie. Like, <laughs> don't like pop music. And we actually wrote two songs that day and... I preferred the other song, but yeah, they were like, no, we're going with high. And it came out maybe six months later and it just became this thing. And I was this young girl and that song was getting played everywhere that I went. And I was so shocked. I didn't even know you could make money for music and I didn't have a manager and just kind of got thrown into the music industry. So when that happened, I was like, well, I don't know what kind of music I want to make. I've just been saying yes to everything. I mean, I did drum and bass music years ago. <laughs> like, I've just gone through all the genres. And so I, you know, took a year off and just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I think I finally started to find my sound. And that's when I put out the Tremble EP. But then over time, I've been like, what do I, like, why, why am I saying I don't like pop? Pop I think people have this stigma about pop that it's this uncool thing. Um, it's cheesy. It's clean. And I really don't know why people think it's uncool um, because really it just means popular music. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. The Weeknd's pop. I don't know. Like Kanye's pop. And, yeah, it just kind of hit me because, um, I mean, I grew up with Shania Twain, Beyonce, all of these amazing figures and – pop music and it hit me on my album that I was like I need to write pop music and I think as time goes on and the new music that I listen to there's always going to be different elements and different genres and yeah you definitely just grow over time like your sound just builds as you kind of build as a person as cheesy as that sounds. Yeah no it sounds like it yeah. was a real breakthrough for you and that like you've definitely got a momentum from that now like what is inspiring you out there who are you listening to what are some yeah. of your favorite songs in heavy rotation? Yeah for sure um I've got like a Spotify playlist that I just always update. Um, but there's a lot of R&B and hip-hop in there, which is funny because I don't make R&B and hip-hop, but I'm obsessed with The Weeknd. Um, I go back and listen to No Doubt all the time. I love I love that band. Um, ooh, Fergie. I don't know. Just all of those girls, Shania Twain, Dixie Chicks was one of my first ever concerts that I went to. Um, but then I love like Frank Ocean, Kanye, 
those kind of elements as well. And of course, a lot of indie um, new up and coming artists as well. Just a whole mixed bag, really. You mentioned earlier that you were very much a yes girl at the beginning of your career. Do you feel like there's extra pressure on women to go along and say yes and do what mm, others want from them? Definitely. Do you see that um, your career advancement has taken a different path from male yeah. artists? And explain to me the gender differences that you see in the music industry and how they've been changing, if they've been improving. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, when I first started, I was just so excited and exactly what you said, just saying yes to everything. Um, I got a manager and he's amazing. But I think like when you have all these, you finally get a label, the publisher, manager, all these people, you just say yes to everything that they say because you're like their experience. And I think I lost my voice for a while and I kind of lost the kind of music I wanted to make for a while as well because I was just saying yes to that or any changes that they wanted to make, yes. Or I'll do that photo shoot because that's what you want. And when I first started as well, I had people telling me, you're a girl and if you want to make music and you want people to know that you make your own music and you write your own songs, you have to on social media, wear baggy shirts, cover up, don't post, don't be posting any bikini photos or any photos that you feel like you look good in and make you feel confident. Just kind of, you know, cover it up and post videos of you singing, post videos of you playing piano. I don't even play piano. I wish I played piano, but I was like, I can't post those videos when I don't actually do that. But yeah, it was just a whole nother thing because then you look at say, a guy's career and they're not getting told that they have to, you know, cover up or not post things that make them feel good. And, I mean, I guess guys don't normally post lots of selfies and all that anyways. But, yeah, people just assume, oh, that guy's a producer. He writes all of his music. And sometimes that's not even the case. And it just, yeah, for a while I was having to really prove myself. And now that I've, like hopefully prove myself to people that I write my own songs I can just post whatever I want or I just don't care I just I just do whatever I want now <laughs> you've just taken control yeah exactly you've appointed yourself as the person in charge exactly love it so what are some highs and lows in your career that stand out I'm assuming that hearing that that first major smash hit single high everywhere that must have been a real I made it moment over and over again for you so yeah so what else sticks out for you highs and lows highs and lows um, definitely with that song, I, I got an aria with them and that was like a big career moment in my life. Um, when I played my first ever festival, um, and then going from like the small sets to then performing, um, for the one night stand with Rufus, um, on TV, those were like all of those moments, festivals, when like you see, like you can people's faces are just like little tiny dots it's just crazy but then you it's crazy when you perform and you have this huge high and everyone's like oh you're amazing and you get all this all these compliments then you literally just go and sit in your green room and you sit there by yourself where your band's packing up or maybe you have some random trying to talk to and you're just like oh, I just need a moment to like breathe and you just all of a sudden like feel low 
And it's just like this crazy... Like a come down, like yeah. a, a crash from a sugar high. You just high. feel like this crash. And then if you're going straight home or to the hotel, then you go to the hotel and you just have to try and go to sleep. And it's this the weirdest feeling because everyone goes, you know, gives you all these compliments and you're like, oh, yeah, I am killer. Or like you get, this, <laughs> you get this weird feeling and then you go back down to a normal person I don't know what the biggest low is, but I've definitely I've I've been in debt um, through music, and then on Instagram you have to pretend like you're killing it all the time, and mm-hmm. you're this big pop star, and blah 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 blah. Fake but, it till you make it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fake it till you make it. I mean, look, this is an extreme case. You being a pop star coming off a stage with like thousands of screaming mm. fans, and then jumping onto social media where they're then trolling you. But I mean, oh, what can what can you share with regular boys and girls out there in terms of how you deal with stress and pressure and people's perceptions of you sort of clouding your own sense of self, whether you're getting an unduly inflated ego or getting unfairly knocked down? Yeah. Um, I mean, now I see it. Luck- luckily for me, I was bullied in high school for doing music. And <laughs> you used to say, luckily I was bullied in high yeah, school. <laughs> I, I, I actually see it as a positive now because now when I get trolls on the internet for like dissing on my music, I don't care. Yeah. And then for me, I just need, I feel like I need to tell, like it's not, I mean, it's not my job to be this role model, but I want to tell the youth that, it's fine. Like you go through those things and it just makes you stronger. As I mean, everyone always says that all the little things that bully you or make you stronger. But for me, I guess the main thing that helps me when I'm feeling low or depressed, like I normally find I'm in my room, I'm on social media and I'm just scrolling for no reason. And I maybe haven't left the house that day. So I just, I just have to go outside. I have to like force myself, have a shower, get a coffee, go outside and like just sit in the sun and just be chill for a bit or just do anything that makes you feel good whether it's like put on a lipstick or if I don't know go exercise all of those things kind of help me with my stress or when I'm anxious self-care self-care that is the word I was looking for (laughs) beautiful well what have you learned from other people in the music industry. I mean, you've had the great fortune of touring with people like Cesar. I mean, you're rubbing shoulders with these guys who are very established, who have a lot of experience. What do you share with each other? How do you how do you learn? What sort of mentorship have you got from other powerful women in the industry in front of or behind of the mic? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I guess when you meet these people, you realize that they've been through the same hurdles as you and they are just normal people. But I think think the thing that's so drawing about people like SZA is just that they seem so confident and they know what they want and you can really see that when they perform and I think that just rubs like rubs off on you when you're like around around them and yeah you they I mean they share their struggles with you as well and 
then you see like how busy and crazy their lives are and they never have any time for themselves and it's not as luxurious and glamorous as everyone thinks it is. Look, you're doing a really great job of showing us the full picture, like behind the glam, behind the scenes, yeah. like when the lights go off. Yeah, for sure. And do you find those moments more inspiring than the high moments? I know you mentioned earlier that you're really building upon this expertise as someone who sings about boys and love. I mean, classic topics. Yes. Never going to go out of style. But where are you drawing these new themes, this new inspiration from? Is it is it just part of getting older? I think, yeah, it definitely is part of getting older. Or I've always had topics I wanted to you know, sing about, but maybe I haven't found the right people to write those songs with. I mean, it can be hard sometimes going into a studio session and being like, hi, I'm Nicole. Nice to meet you. Um, this is all the shit that I've been through. <laughs> Let's write about it. It's like a counseling session. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I guess now that I'm getting more confident and out of my bubble and maybe I'm used to writing with complete strangers now, I can finally write about those topics. Just exposing your soul straight, straight, out, straight out the gate. Literally had a session on Monday with this guy and I felt like I was speed dating because <laughs> we never met each other. We went and got coffee and it was a bit of an awkward silence. And then we went back to the studio and then it was like, so what's going on in your life? And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, don't make me cry. <laughs> but I guess that's how you get the best music out, you know? Is that is that always been the case for you? Has it always been an emotional thing? Like, how did you get into music in the first place? How mm. does one become a pop star? Yeah, I have been thinking about that, and it definitely when I write, I'm I, it comes from an emotion. Like, I'm it's normally not when I'm happy. Like, I normally write when I'm feeling sad or someone's done something to annoy me. So don't annoy me, anyone, because I'll write do. a song about... Or do. True, true. <laughs> Keep those people around. Yeah. You'll write songs. Like when, when, you, when you've got a bit of a block going on, just like meet up with that that person yeah. for coffee. I wonder if that, people do that. They keep like boyfriends and stuff around. Just Keep because, your enemies closer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Look, that's a free it's, one. Yeah, take, take it. Exactly. It's yours. Yeah. But yeah, I normally write songs when I'm feeling sad and then I just trigger that emotion and I escalate it um and then it brings out because I'm not that sassy in my day-to-day -day normal Nicole Miller life but then on stage I bring this like sassy energy and so with my music when I'm triggering that emotion of being sad I'm like wait a second you can't hurt me and then I turn it into this sassy um Nicole Miller vibe do you have a full-blown persona in your head do you have a Sasha Fierce I yeah, <laughs> my um, oh my god, drummer Kat and I were trying to come up with a name for her because when I go on stage, I put on this like ponytail extension, makeup, and like a crazy outfit, and I'm like, okay, it's not Nicole day to day Nicole anymore. We need like a Sasha Fierce name, mm -hmm. um, and for some reason, my friend Kat, she was like. Zazu. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then she told me it was Zazu from... Zazu's definitely from um, The Lion King. The Lion King. I and have a cat called Zazu. He's a boy, do? but he's super cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, you definitely want to be associated with Zazu. Yeah, exactly. It's a good one. So, I mean, that's me. I love it. And it's, just, it's just the one word as well. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, dare I say that's even better than Sasha Fierce because you're just you're it's, just like a Madonna. <laughs> it's Sasu, right? I like it. It's like Nicole's not here anymore. It's Sasu. <laughs> Zazu, what's your favorite aspect? Is it writing? Is it recording? Is it performing? Does it vary song to song? 
Yeah, it definitely varies. I think for me, I'm if I'm doing the same thing for too long, it gets boring. So if I'm writing songs day in and day out for weeks, months, I'm going to get frustrated with writing and I'm going to hate it. And then I'll just be like, I just want to perform. I just want to, And you can see that on my social media because if you see on my Instagram, I'm constantly in the studio. I'll probably post a photo being like, can't wait to perform. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah, you love it all. But yeah, it's it's even like being in the same city for too long. I just, I get bored. It's like my hair color, too long pink, got to change it. Maybe I'll go green. I don't know. Hey, what's on the bucket list? What are the venues you want to go to? Who are the people you want to work with in the studio, on stage, to dye your hair, whatever it is? (laughs) The bucket list. I'm constantly writing new things for this. Um, One day, I'm thinking big. I'd love to go to the Grammys. It would be awesome. Um, I finally performed my first overseas show this year in LA and New York. Congratulations. Very cool. Thank you. Um, so I'd love to perform in Europe. Um, oh, so many things. I just can't even think. I could ramble on. Um, the world is your oyster. Yeah. I mean, even in Australia, I'd love to um, get nominated for my own personal aria. That would be cool. Um, I'd love to perform my own show at the Enmore. I love that venue so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Such a great venue. Just like so many things. I mean, if I could... It's, it's a musician's venue. It's all the musicians yeah, love I mean, there more. If, yeah, exactly. It's so beautiful. I think it's one of the only historic, like, historically beautiful venues what do, you, what do you think is special about Australia's music scene in general and Australia's pop scene in particular? Like, what does Australia have to offer the world of music? Mm. I think there's something about... Australians that we're all quite relaxed um, and you can see that in the music I think that maybe we're not I mean when I go overseas and write songs in the studio sessions it's like is this an A, B, A, B kind of song like verse bridge I mean verse pre-chorus type thing whereas in Australia it's like oh I like that I like that sound um, and I I'm just going to get on the mic and just sing whatever comes out, comes out. And you're not really, you're not going to like overthink it. I just, I don't know. There's something about Australians. I think it's, it's the pop music that we're making isn't so clean. It's got different kinds of like raw elements to it. What are some songs that particularly inspire you at the moment? We'll, we'll let the listeners have a have a listen in so they can get a good demonstration of this exciting, eclectic vibe that you're talking about? So in my Spotify playlist, um, I think for my next project, I want to be um, be a little bit more mature in my sounds. So I'm listening to a lot of R&B music because I love what they do with their lyrics. So I'm listening to this guy called Blanksy. I love Ray. She's like this amazing artist from the UK. Reggie Snow, his lyrics are amazing. Um, gosh, Charlie XCX is always very cool. She's a great songwriter. There's just like so many people and like there's a lot of names in there where I actually don't know the artist's name, but I know the song because I'm more of a song person. Um, I don't, 
I don't know. I go through like different obsessions with songs rather than obsessions with artists. That, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a valid answer. That yeah. counts for sure. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so, Nicole, if we're going to play one song off Excuse Me, what comes to mind? What do you want our listeners on the Women of Pop podcast to yes. hear today? So since we're in a on a Women in Pop podcast, mm-hmm. this song um, I wrote in Sweden, it's called Pink Sunday, and it's about living this, pretending to live this bougie life um, and just having fun with your friends in like fancy hotels and pretending to be rich <laughs> when you're really not. And I needed another element to this song and I thought, why not Mookie? She's this crazy, um, fun Australian artist and she put her own little verse in there. So yeah, that one's called Pink Sunday. Let's play it now for all the girls. You and I, you and I. And tell me, moving forward, Nicole, what is next for you, for your music and for your contribution to women's equality in music, in society, being that wonderful role model that young chicks need? Oh, thank you. Living your dreams. I live in my dreams. Um, for my next, um, for the next year... I guess I'm just going to be writing for my next project. I'm not sure what that's going to be. I probably won't go straight into an album. I'm probably going to um, collaborate with a few people. I met these amazing Korean rappers. Oh, in, fun. Yeah, in when I was in LA and we're currently working on something. So hopefully that sees the light of day. And yeah, just keep hustling, you know, girl's life. <laughs> Yeah, just going to keep writing and putting stuff out there. Hey, what would you go back and tell yourself from this perspective now, earlier in your career? Don't be so hard on yourself. I was so hard on myself. And I mean, I still am. I'm always like, oh, I can't can't write songs. I can't sing. The little inside voice that you have and just tell yourself to be more confident and just own your little quirks. Yeah. We love it. We love your quirks. <laughs> we love you. speaking to you today. We're, you too. Oh, thank you. Now we're all over the album. We're very excited to hear the next singles coming out. Thank you for letting us preview some of those songs today. Thank you. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Nicole Miller's debut album, Excuse Me, is out now on all the usual platforms. So please support her by streaming and downloading her music as much as you can. Come on, it's great. And don't forget, issue four of Women in Pop magazine is on sale now with Taylor Swift on the cover. Inside, we have interviews with Dami M, Astrid S, Sigrid and Jack River. Plus, we also take a look back at the career of 1980s icon Kim Wilde. For more information, go to womeninpop.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Women in Pop. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time. We'll be waiting for you.